people have just been told, leave by any means possible. There are just over two million people in the Gaza Strip. It is broken up into roughly two, two heavily populated areas, the north with Gaza City and then in, in the south. And what Israel has, has done at Han Yunus in the south and what Israel has said, everyone should leave the north evacuate Gaza City, evacuate an entire city of a million people and get in their cars, get in donkey carts, and there are still donkey carts in use in, in, in Gaza, and move south, moved uh, below the Wadi Gaza Valley. That's the biggest news overnight. Israel saying, hey, you in the north, move south. And I assume that means the ground war is about to start. Major Mike Lyons served the United States military in a number of capacities around the world. He is now a respected military analyst for CNN, among others. Mike, it's always a pleasure. How are you? Hey, good morning, guys. Great to be with you. So I think it goes without saying that the fighting in Gaza, when it does commence, is going to be uh, difficult to watch and difficult to execute. What should we expect? Let's hope there's not a lot of video coming from it, frankly, if they've shut you know, down the Internet and everything coming, because it's going to be exactly that, you know, a concrete jungle. I, I'm still not quite sure this is as imminent as people think, only mm. because these defensive positions have been prepared. You know, this has been a long plan that they've had here, and I think Israel is going to still look to protect their force. That's going to be very important for them. So I don't know. I, you know, the thing is, you, you do you run all the traps on all the different courses of action that happen here. And th- is this the time that we're going to kind of change this cycle of what happens of war in the Middle East? And that is, they're gonna, Israel's going to win. They're going to go in there and they're going to flatten things and level things. They're going to kill thousands of civilians. And, and at some point, the West says enough's enough, and Israel's forced to stop. And Hamas goes, you know, back to their holes. And then in the next three or four years, they regroup and they do the same thing all over and over again. So. I personally think, though, Israel's had enough. And I think you heard their chief of staff say, it's time for war. So I think I don't think they're going to stop this time. I think there's a lot more things to go, and I think we're, just, we're at the beginning of the beginning, so to speak. So in other words, you think Israel, even with um, uh, lots of collateral damage, you, you said earlier this week it's going to be the worst we've seen this century probably. With lots mm-hmm. of collateral damage, they're just going to keep going until they've wiped out Hamas. Uh, yeah. And, yeah, and, and, and they're going to they're gonna take over, likely they're going to cut the Gaza Strip in half, and they're going to occupy the northern portion of it, and they'll set up another border between north and the northern port of, of Gaza and the southern portion. And I mean, look, where are the Arab nations helping these Palestinian refugees? Where are they? Egypt has closed their border. They're pretty smart. We should be that smart, close our border, right? They're, they're not letting these people into their country. Why? Because they know they would come in and disrupt what's going on there. No other Arab countries are taking these refugees. Israel needs an ally. They don't have anybody on, on the Arab side to do this. And here's the United States now, and, and I still look to the north. There's a Washington Post has an article that says the United States intelligence agency thinks that a war in the north is unlikely, which is code for it's likely, right? I mean, those guys have not been very good at predicting what's actually going to happen. And if you're Hezbollah, you're looking at Israel saying, you know, you guys are overstretched right now. If you're going to commit all these forces to the south, i got to think they're not going to put 300 forces, 300,000 soldiers down there. That just doesn't make any sense. Um, but now now's the time Israel is vulnerable. So if it's time for war, Hezbollah could say, you know what, let's go. Here we go. So they, they're marched to Tel Aviv on, on their, from the north, and now Israel's got this two-front war. So, and then what does the U.S. do? Does the U.S. then go after? Are we in it now, too? Or are we going to start attacking from there? So I, there's so many tipping points still to happen here. 
Well, I have a quick observation, then a question on that tack. Uh, I saw compare and contrast the gates, the security apparatus uh, of the gate out of Gaza into Egypt contrasted with that into Israel. And the one in Egypt is much more secure and fortified. Mm-hmm. The Egyptians yeah. are serious about not letting Hamas guys into their country, no matter what it takes. So as usual, the Arab world yells and beats their chest and does nothing for the Palestinians. But I was going to observe that the Biden administration, well, the, the United States military is moving various hardware from uh, ships to planes uh, much closer in the region. Is that uh, mere gesturing, Mike, or might we use that hardware? Well, the hardware is right now is going to be air support. We're not, we won't put troops on the ground, but um, you know we've got the Navy, uh, the, the carrier group that's there. There's a lot of combat power that's there. I think that's what we would do if something does come from the north uh, to protect Israel. And and then does it open up uh, an avenue to attack into Iran? I think, you know, Israel is not going to let Iran get away with this anymore. I think they're going to go after their their capability to manufacture oil and, and petroleum and, and drill. And then as well as they're going after those their nuclear capabilities. It, it, it's just a matter of time. They did it in Iraq. They did it in Syria. And the second, I think we've talked about, the second they know that they have that capability, um, they're going to go after it. I mean, and he, all these, everything has been done in the past to kick the can down the road. I think the can is here now. Mm. I, I think this might happen. I think it's right. I think we're ready to go. So, given all that and where this is likely headed, why wouldn't now be the best time for China to move on Taiwan that's ever going to come? Uh, w- mm-hmm. With us I- as involved as we are with supplying Ukraine, and we might actually be involved in this situation in the Middle East, and a, and a senile old president, my word's not yours. Yeah, could be, it could be that as well. It depends on what they're looking at. I mean, they still want shipping lanes open. You know, they're, they're, they've got their own internal problems themselves. And all these countries now that are aggressive countries are making these calculated risks as to what they should do. I mean, like I said, the, the Lebanon, Hezbollah in the north, the Chinese into Taiwan. Russia already made their commitment last year. They thought it would be over by now. They thought they'd be, you know, having coffee in, in, in Kiev by now, but that just has, hasn't happened. So, you know, these are the decisions that countries make when they go to war as an extension of foreign policy, right? Because that's really what this is. When, when Israel said we're going to war, everything's changed. That, you know, that means that, they're, that there's an extension of foreign policy. They're going to use their military to accomplish what they, what they want to do. And then the second word I think we talked about is siege. The word siege means pretty clear things to a military guy. It means everything's going. Mike Lyons, military analyst on the line. Mike, uh, back to the the Middle East. What should we know about the capability of the Hezbollah forces or Lebanon? Uh, Is the Lebanese government in bed with Hezbollah? Are they uh, frenemies? How does that all work? Yes, they've got more capability than Hamas does, more um, anti-tank, more um, fighters, more experienced fighters. I think it potentially draws the Syrian military, whatever's left of that, into this. I think Damascus becomes a target. I think Assad is going to be targeted then, too. Um, it's back. It's literally 1973. It's just 50 years later. Um, can, can gets kicked down the road. I, I think that um, uh, they've got more capability, and they, that's why Israel cannot sleep. And I know there's somebody in the room there saying that to Bibi Netanyahu, is that if we're going to put 100,000, if we're going to, Put 100,000 troops or 200,000 troops in the south. We've got to put another couple hundred thousand up north because that that, that really could go fast. Uh, and it would be the same, literally the same thing that happened back in 73. They'd get to the Golan Heights and then just because of poor military 
operations on the other side, uh, they won. That wouldn't happen now. Hamas has got much better military fighters, much more capability than it was in 1973. Do we have the ability to continue to uh, supply Ukraine the way we are and promise Israel that their Iron Dome won't run short and all these different things? Can we do all that? Yeah, it's funny you said two different weapon systems, right? Uh, the Ukraine military needs 155 ammunition, which we've pretty much in the last year now increased our capacity to manufacture that. Still not to where they need it. We still aren't getting it from a lot of different places, but that's what they need, 155 rounds. Israel is going to need small arms fire, 7.62 rounds, as well as the Tamir rockets. Those are made by Raytheon here. Um, they still have about thirty to 35,000 rockets inside of the Gaza Strip someplace. So that's what the military is going after right now, but they still have capacity. And here it is day six, and Hamas is still firing rockets into Israel. It shows you they have capability. Um, and the, and the, so what Israel needs is those Tamir rockets. Mike Lyons, uh, I think the quote of the interview, Mike, is we're at the beginning of the beginning. So we yeah. sure appreciate the thoughts and the uh, the perspective. Good to talk to you. Thanks, guys. Thanks for having me. Have a good weekend. Armstrong and Getty. Residents at Brightview Senior Living Communities enjoy enhanced possibilities, independence, and choice. Brightview Dulles Corner in Herndon and Brightview Great Falls offer vibrant senior independent living, assisted living, and memory care services through various daily programs and cultural events. Chef-prepared meals, safety and security, transportation, resort-style amenities, and high-quality care. Everything you need is here. Discover more at brightviewseniorliving.com. Equal housing opportunity. Does money stress you out? Let FACET flip your financial chaos into clarity. Finding FACET immediately put us at ease. FACET's innovative approach to financial planning ensures your money works as hard as you do, enabling members to experience the joys of having your finances in order. That makes us FACET for life now, I guess. (laughs) Visit FACET.com, F-A-C-E-T.com to learn more. This ad is sponsored by FACET. FACET Wealth is an SEC-registered investment advisor. This is not an offer to buy or sell securities, nor is it investment, legal, or tax advice. These testimonials are from current FACET members who are not compensated. All opinions are their own and not a guarantee of a similar outcome. Did you know that most salads travel over 2,000 miles to reach your plate, but not with 80 Acres Farms? Their crisp salad greens and herbs are food less traveled, going from farm to store in days, not weeks. They stay fresher for longer in your fridge. My salad lasts all week long, which means less food waste and easy meal planning. Oh, and did I mention there's no need to wash these greens? Because 80 Acres Farms uses zero pesticides. Visit 80acresfarms.com to learn more and find their salads and salad kits at your local Harris Teeter. Hey there, it's Ryan Seacrest for Safeway. Head in store and shop for all your favorite personal care essentials to earn four times rewards points. Shop for products from Olay, Always, Gillette, Vicks, and Crest. Plus, check out new items like Mr. Clean Magic Eraser Ultra Thick Multi-Surface Cleaner. No more sponges or other cleaning products needed. And Head & Shoulders Bare Soothing Hydration Shampoo, a new kind of anti-dandruff shampoo with only nine ingredients. Offer expires March 26th. Restrictions apply. Promotions may vary. Visit Safeway.com for more details.